1: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 17th of August. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. All we can talk about at the moment is Scott Morrison's secret ministry roles. Now, this is a big story and it's been unfolding with revelations trickling one after the other about portfolios that Morrison secretly swore himself into while Prime Minister.
2: Australians knew during the election campaign that I was running a shadow ministry. What they didn't know was that Scott Morrison was running a shadow government. And as Prime
0: Minister, I was just putting myself in a position to ensure that I could exercise my responsibilities. It's it's as simple as that.
1: So why did former Prime Minister Scott Morrison make himself a minister of five different portfolios? And is it even legal? We'll get into that in the deep dive. But first, Sam, what's making headlines?
3: New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has said the government will make changes to the Ministerial Code of Conduct. This is one of the outcomes of a review commissioned in the wake of the John Barillaro trade roll saga. We've spoken about it a couple of times in the last few weeks on this pod. Speaking yesterday, Perrottet said that his government would adopt 12 of the 13 changes recommended by the review.
1: The US Department of Justice has pushed back on calls to release details about the warrant that was used for the raid of former President Donald Trump's Florida home last week. This is because they said it would cause significant and irreparable damage to their criminal investigation. Trump has accused the FBI of taking his passports, which we understand typically only happens for suspects they deem a flight risk. It's so nuts.
3: The UK government's health agency has conditionally authorised the use of a COVID-19 vaccine that targets the Omicron strain. The vaccine, which is made by Moderna, can be used by people aged 18 and over, but it's going to be prioritised for people who are over 50 and are immunocompromised.
1: And I love this good news today. Scotland has become the first country in the world to provide free period products. This comes after legislation, which we first started speaking about in 2020, came into effect this week. The new law ensures that public service bodies, schools, colleges and unis have period products, including tampons and pads, freely available across the country.
3: Zara, it's time to talk about Scott Morrison and the secret swear-ins. Sounds like the name of a Epic, Harry Potter. <laughs> epic Harry Potter book, but it's not. Can you give me a bit of an overview of what happened?
1: Okay, so this story all revolves around Scott Morrison, our former prime minister and still the member for Cook, so still a member of parliament. What we have come to understand through a series of reports and also a part of a book, um all by News Corp journalists at first, is that Scott Morrison secretly swore himself into at least five portfolios. This is current Prime Minister Anthony Albanese speaking at a press conference yesterday.
2: Today, I've been informed that between March 2020 and May 2021, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, was appointed to five additional portfolios in addition to his appointment as the head of Prime Minister and Cabinet.
1: He was appointed to administer the Department of Health on the 14th of March 2020. The
2: Department of Finance on the 30th of March 2020.
1: The Department of Home Affairs on the 6th of May 2021. The Department of Treasury on the 6th of May 2021. And
2: the Department of Industry, Science, Energy and Resources on the 15th of April 2021.
1: Okay, so there we get a bit of an understanding of the timeline of then Prime Minister Scott Morrison appointing himself these additional portfolios. But the other aspect of this story is that it wasn't just us, the public, who didn't know about what was happening. It was also the many ministers whose portfolios were covered, and they had no idea that Morrison had joined them as minister.
3: Before we go any further, can you just talk me through what a portfolio is when you're referring to that?
1: definitely. So when a party forms government, they take on a responsibility for all areas that the federal government manages. So things like foreign affairs, defense, the economy, and it goes on. These responsibilities are then kind of sectioned off into what we call portfolios, which are then divided up among ministers.
3: So I've got a top-line understanding here that Scott Morrison swore himself as an extra minister on five different portfolios, each with their own minister. So he was Co minister.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't in place of that minister. It's not like the ministers lost their job but didn't know it. It was that there was kind of this backup minister as well as the front facing or the public facing minister.
3: I'm really struggling to get my head around why he would do this. What's the reason?
1: Well, we got a bit of an understanding from Scott Morrison himself yesterday. He both spoke to Ben Fordham on 2GB radio and set out to explain his reasons in a very long Facebook post. So this post started by saying the devastating impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic and associated recession required an unprecedented policy response from our government.
3: So it was a COVID-based decision?
1: Well, he's saying that information and advice changed daily, even hourly. Meetings with ministers were constant and the risk of them becoming sick or hospitalised was very real. He mentioned this in the 2GB interview as well. He basically said that the government was in a fragile state.
0: Uh, We had ministers back in March who, you know, went down with COVID and Peter Dutton was out for some time. Um, And so we were dealing with quite extraordinary circumstances. Um, We had to take some extraordinary measures to put safeguards in place.
3: Okay, so he used the COVID pandemic to justify many of the ministries he swore himself into. I understand the link there between something like health or even treasury. But what's the story with resources then?
1: Yeah. So this is the one time that we know of Morrison actually stepping up and taking action in that role. With the other portfolios, he said to the public that he didn't actually take any action. It was more that he was there in a shadow capacity in case something happened. But with resources, it's different. What we know, at least, is that in this case, he intervened in a decision related to PEP 11, which is a controversial drilling project off the coast of New South Wales. And he ultimately used the power that he had given himself in allocating that portfolio to block the PEP 11 gas exploration licence. So he went against what Keith Pitt, who was his resources minister at the time, wanted to do and actually blocked that licence.
3: Right, so I think the question this raised for us yesterday in the newsroom as we watched this unfold in front of our eyes was why the Prime Minister was even allowed to do this, but more so, was it legal?
1: Well, this delves into the realm of constitutional law, which funnily enough is not my area of expertise. So I decided to take some of our questions to constitutional law expert and former law professor of yours, Sam. A
3: much adored law professor.
1: UNSW professor George Williams. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Is there a precedent for what we understand Scott Morrison has done? No, I'm not aware of one. We've certainly had
0: instances where we've had acting ministers, people have been incapacitated, people have had to fill the gap. But a prime minister actually doubling up on the portfolios of his own cabinet... I've never heard of that. And frankly, it's a bit shocking it's even happened. It does indicate a real lack of trust in those ministers. And even if it did happen, you would certainly expect it to be made public because one of the very basic and fundamental rules is that the community in Parliament deserve to know who their ministers are.
1: And so it wasn't published, as is usually the convention, but also the ministers who were having someone else do their job as well weren't told. Was it legal?
0: I think it's likely to be legal because there are so few rules surrounding this Mm. and I mean the law says that the Governor General appoints ministers so if that was bypassed and there was some doubt about that early maybe if the Prime Minister had sought to appoint himself that wouldn't be legal. But in the end, the Governor-General has made a statement saying that he did make these appointments on the advice of the Prime Minister. So I I think that's very likely to clarify the law issue. And instead, it gets us into territory. Was it wise? And uh, what are the broader implications of this?
1: And can you explore what you think the broader implications of this might be?
0: Well, I think it goes to the heart of a lot of big concepts in how we're governed, and uh, one of them is just accountability. Mm. Uh, We have a responsible form of government, a democratic parliamentary form of government, and what that entails is that ministers come out of parliament, and parliament in turn holds those ministers accountable through question time and other measures, but that assumes that parliament knows who the ministers are. There's been some strong reactions to this, but I can really understand why. It, it goes to the heart of how we're governed and that idea of good, accountable governance.
1: Do you believe that it undermines democracy?
0: Yes, it does, because if nothing else, we don't know who is exercising the power. And you know, it's a big thing to say it undermines democracy, but to be frank, democracy doesn't function without transparency. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular, you need transparency as to who the ministers are because they are the the peak figures the key points of power being exercised in our democracy uh, under law advising the governor-general and again you could imagine if if everything is kept secret democracy just can't function so there's a really basic problem here and that's why it's not a surprise to see not only the government coming out and exhibiting concern but even Scott Morrison's own ministers being shocked at what happened because it so runs against the grain.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm curious to know if you think uh, something should be enshrined in the Constitution or whatever it might be to ensure transparency so that something like this couldn't happen again?
0: Well, a day or two ago, I would have said no. Um, I mean, (laughs) really, I mean, it's a common sense that this just wouldn't happen. And We have conventions because they set out clear rules that you don't need to put into law because it's just so accepted that people would follow them. And one of those conventions is yes, you will tell people who their ministers are, but having gone through this experience and also noting how conventions are really being eroded around the world, the US and other places, I think you've got to learn your lesson from this and that is legislate for transparency and a simple rule that says whenever a minister is appointed, parliament must be notified within a week or a few days, that would be prudent, I think, to do that, um, even if we frankly shouldn't need to do so.
1: What a difference a day makes. Thank you so much for your time, George. Pleasure.
3: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Zara, why do you think this story has resonated so deeply with so much of the country?
1: I think that the reason people are so angry about this story is because it goes to this central idea of trust and accountability Uh A federal ICAC, for example, was one of the main policy platforms that Labor and certainly some independents and Greens went to the last election with. It all goes to this idea that this is bigger than just the Liberal Party. It is about our system at large.
3: I'm really getting that sense that there's something bigger at play here and people are really thinking about the bigger idea of democracy rather than the person at Mm. the centre of it. And you could really sub in Scott Morrison with anyone on either side of the political spectrum and Mm. I think we'd probably see the same reaction.
1: We heard Karen Andrews yesterday who is a member of the coalition and a very senior one at that calling for scott morrison's resignation and the fact that it is somebody in his own party who is calling for him to resign shows that this goes beyond politics and goes beyond party politics certainly to another level of how should our democracy run how should accountability and transparency form the foundations of our political system
3: Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that when you wake up in the morning, there's a TDA episode waiting for you as you roll out of bed. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.
1: I had like, wake up feeling like Pete Diddy in my head when you said that. That's cool. Yeah. Wake up in the morning
2: feeling like